Galimera, Galispera, Galinichta. No matter where in this wild and wacky and sometimes wonderful world you might be, thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. Oh, man, we got close. But I'll tell you something, if there's anything to be said about losing in glory, maybe tonight was one of those. We, has a, we have a very special guest. Let's rock and roll. It's a new week. It's a blank canvas. Let's paint pictures. Let's tell stories. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Evening, boys, girls, and everyone else. Uh, welcome back to Squad Central for this fine Monday. At ease, everyone, at ease. It wasn't meant to be. But what is meant to be is we have a very special guest making her debut here at Squad Central. So show some love, and I know you're going to be nice to Rachel Nubra. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. Rachel and I were introduced by a mutual friend a few months ago, and I have been trying to get her on the show for a while. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason. She's an not only an epic human, uh, but also uh, she's going to give us some insights here. When Kevin isn't here, you know that we try to we love talking to our players, whether they're currently playing or former players. And Rachel's going to take us inside the game a little bit tonight. But before we start, I'm going to bring in my um, guest co-host from who's finally got Google um, conquered Google Chrome tonight, Mr. Demian oh, Ariaga. Hi, ladies. How are you, Rachel? It's so very nice to meet you. Love to meet you too, <laughs> Sophie. Thank you for the patience. And my name is weird, but I'll change it. It doesn't matter. Change it. it. Doesn't matter. You do. It doesn't even matter. No one cares about it. We can be whoever we want to be. That's right. We're gonna let. We're gonna let Rachel give us a little bit of background, and then we're gonna start talking about the game, which was unbelievable, to be honest with you. Rachel, let everyone know a little bit about you. Lovely. Yeah. So um, I'm Rachel. Um, I play in the championship, women's championship at the moment. Um, I grew up playing at Reading Academy um, and then went over to the States, did my scholarship there, um, played in the WSL for Doncaster Bells, um, Charlton, and uh, my family's originally from Northern Ireland, so played internationally for Northern Ireland as well. Um, and I'm a massive Arsenal fan, so. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> the secret is out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that means interacting with our girl, Katie. Okay, do you, yeah? yeah? Tell us, give us an anecdote or do you tell us, do you know her? Do you, is she a, a mentor? Talk to me. Um, I don't know her personally, so I couldn't give you lots of stories in terms okay. of that. <laughs> but I heard all good things. <laughs> okay, you've heard all good things. Um, all right, let's get into the game, Demian and Rachel. It was a groundbreaking night uh, at the Emirates yeah. and it was just one of those moments in the women's game and with Rachel being here tonight I think it's really poignant that we first talk about how our fans uh, made it a sellout this evening and you know um, I know the result isn't what we wanted it to be and we wanted to have our current team be on the Emirates to match our heroes from the past uh, but unfortunately it just uh, it didn't work out that way but regardless Rachel you've played probably in front of two people a few thousand people and for the women tonight to be playing this semi-final at the Emirates, talk us through what that means to these players. 
Oh, it's unbelievable. Like the journey we've been on in women's football over the past 10 years is just absolutely phenomenal. And the difference as a player when you're on the pitch, playing in front of a packed crowd, like when they scored that first goal and it just erupts, it's the feeling is just absolutely magical. Um, so the players would have been so grateful to have all of that support there last night and they deserved it as well. The game was obviously not the result we wanted, but it was such a good game, so competitive, um, so evenly matched. Um, so yeah, I'm just absolutely gutted for them, but what an occasion and the game continues to grow, which is, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, Demian, you've traveled um, to watch our women play. Uh, you flew all the way from here to go to the FA Cup final. You and I were ready uh, to travel for the Champions League final. Damn it, I should never talk about these things before they actually hatch. No. Um, but tonight, Demian, having followed this team for years, knowing some of the, the girls past and present um, who've played for our club, what a night, right? What an, a night to, to see it as a sellout for a women's game. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I wrote a little bit about this on, on my blog that it, it it's just it's not about this match, right? Of course, symbolically, we can talk about so many things. But for me, it wasn't about the players on the pitch versus Wolfsburg. For me, it was every journalist like you that has covered the game, every player like Rachel that has ever kicked the ball in the past as a woman against all odds, you know, everybody that is in women's football that is a woman basically has done the impossible already. So, you know, go, go, sort of borrowing what you mentioned about flying to see them, like I could have gone to this match, but I chose not to because I didn't, I'm going to sound like such a douchebag, but I didn't want to incur on such a high, you know, debt or investment of money and not see Beth Mead, Viviana Miedema, Leah Williamson, Kim Little. And I also felt that this was just the first sellout of many. Like we could clearly see that a tide has turned. We saw Barcelona against Real Madrid when they had the sold out Camp Nou. Uh, and this is the equivalent to that for, for England and for, for obviously Arsenal or what would be the, the WSL. So I think it's a turning point. I don't think that we missed you know, this is, of course, it was a historic night, but it's going to repeat many, many, many a time. It wasn't like it's going to be one off once a season. I think that we're going to see a lot of this. And I'm just super, super proud. Of course, I'm gutted and I can go on this rabbit hole, but I won't. Um, but I'm just overall so proud and so happy. And, and I couldn't yeah. pick, you know, two better people to talk about this and two gooners and obviously mm -hmm. a player that uh, lives my dream every day. So yeah. <laughs> she does. Yeah. I want to, um, Rachel, you know, there was a, a comment and a good friend of the show, Tom Canton asked Mikel Arteta about Giannis, um, comments post losing an NBA, uh, series about failure in sports. And a journalist yeah. asked him, you know, is it failure that you're not going to win the NBA championship this year? I really want to understand it from a player's point of view and how you see it. Uh, because failure is such a big word. And yes, we are not going to win the Champions League and we failed to get to the final. But is a night like tonight considered failure in the player's eyes? Take me beyond the white lines and into the dressing room. Yeah, definitely. I think as soon as you come off that pitch, the immediate reaction is that it feels like a failure. Like you feel every part of it. They'll be absolutely gutted right now. And I've been in the position that, Lots of women boys been in where I've in an international match 
played a back pass that didn't quite make it to the keeper and they got through on goal and scored and like it is the it is the worst feeling um so it will feel like a failure now but in two three days time once it like settles down and they start to rationalize it and go back and look at the game and realize what they've done in terms of coming back in the first leg um and like like you mentioned before like so many high profile players on the sidelines with injury it's lots of younger players have had that experience um coming in that they wouldn't have otherwise had um so in a couple of days time they will take it and they'll come back much stronger and as you say they won't see it as much of a failure but they'll be able to dissect the game and realize actually do you know what we've made a great account of ourselves and yeah hopefully next year will be the year where we get um potentially an all english champions league final and hopefully a winner um again would be brilliant yeah it felt like it was our night and i was really confident throughout the game demian i want to get the fan point of view too as the the question of failure because it's happening to our men's team as well you know everyone's enjoying the bottled it um narrative as you saw i went head to head on sky last week and i feel yes. like i've been you know john snow the battle of the bastards episode where you're the, all the horses are coming at you and you're just standing there with the sword and you're defending your club left right and center yeah um of course we want to win trophies but i think this season has been a bit of a different journey to point the finger as a fan and you know and and just say yes you've all failed yeah, I think that narrative is so cheap and so easy and so basic and reductive that it's disrespectful, but it also can come from people that have a certain outlook in life. And I understand when people are binary about success or failure, but I'm just not that way, you know, to borrow another sort of basketball analogy since you brought up Giannis, Michael Jordan defined success as not uh, as trying basically or failure as not trying. So there's no way that you can tell me that by that definition that the girls failed. Of course, we would have liked to reach the final. But the fact that they, it's not like they were outplayed or didn't show any heart. It was just tired legs and mistakes that happened in both legs that are understandable. Uh, I'd rather lose that way and I would consider it not a failure. I would consider it maybe not success, but some weird gray area. And I respect them so very much. So to me, that the, the fact that we're trying uh, is amazing. And when you talk about at one point, we, we don't have seven of our starters or six of our starters. It's absolutely ridiculous that we we got to the point that we're, we were at. And it would have been just the most incredible achievement if you make a Champions League final against Barcelona without, you know, five of the best player or four of the best players to to play in the last 20 years or so. So it's just absolutely insane that that people don't, to me, that don't see that as progress or success in a way, or they, they, they become sort of infatuated with, with failure. And I also think that, you know, I understand, I try to understand what Rachel is saying as far as like being gutted and all that other stuff. And it's easy for us to say like, oh, it's okay. You know, you, you, you did your best and, you know, no, it's it's like with music. Sometimes, you know, you you practice your whole life and then you go to you do a gig and you make a silly, dumb mistake that you would never, ever make it uh, or never make it in any other circumstance. But you did it in the worst moment possible. And that's what it is. You have to have super short term memory and keep going and just mm -hmm. find find comfort that that you're doing. Like I said, the impossible. And, and, and we're all proud of them. And I'm Wuben Moy's probably biggest critic. You are. Uh, You've been so harsh uh, on her. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. I haven't you been have. that harsh. I you, been. No, I've been harsh. I know. <laughs> no, no, okay, no. I say Rachel's here. I'll do that. He hasn't been harsh, not really. No, no, no. no, no. I, I have. I have. But you've been critical and I think it's been warranted in the moments where you have. Yeah, and and yes, I I own up to being critical in the past. I would like other players instead of her. I but correct today, my harshness. Yeah. <laughs> but today, if I had to pick one word, would be that I'm proud of her. I think she played incredibly well. And that mistake, it, it could have been anybody. It didn't have to be her. Anybody could have made that mistake and it would have sucked and it, it wasn't good, but it's what it is. And I am of the belief that you'll learn and you move forward and next season is another opportunity with all the players coming back. And, you know, I'm, overall, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic. All right, let's read out some of the comments from our listeners and uh, we'll get Rachel's take on this as well. Evgeny, good evening. Hope all is well in Moscow for you. Pelova produces a very inspiring performance. I'm looking at her as a representative of our bright future. And a lot of people feel like Pelova maybe hasn't delivered I think I think people have, and maybe Demian will help me here. Rachel, have you seen a lot of Pullover since she's signed for us? And um, I haven't, I haven't yes. watched loads of it. Yeah, I think maybe the expectations are sometimes super high. You know, you've been you played for Charlton yeah. and going to Coventry and at your international level too. Do you feel those expectations when you make such a, a when you make a transfer? Because I feel like she's had a mixed bag of reviews, and maybe the expectations just sometimes are too high when a new player comes in. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've not had it on her level and, and profile and what have you coming to Arsenal. But I think sometimes in the outside world, people forget that you're not just a footballer, but you're a person as well. And moving clubs, moving to a different country, sometimes players, all those things outside of football do affect your game as well. Like until you feel really comfortable and you start to make like real friendships with people in your team and understand what the manager wants from you, it can be really difficult to settle in and I certainly found that when I went out to America that you do take a while just to like find your feet and just get used to everything. Um, and so sometimes it's not even like the outside pressure and the comments that affect you. I think a lot of the time as players, we, you know, you get the good and you get the bad. Um, but actually just like settling into where you are is such a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, let's fire up some of these comments. Um, Amira says this team is the definition of fighting spirit. The men's team should learn a thing or two. Matthew says Lottie played her heart out. Everyone saw just how the mistake affected her. Demsek, yes, gutted not to win and go through, but a great game. And they got to the semi-final. Runs with cows. Losing is losing, but getting this far under the circumstances is amazing. MK says noticing a lack of toxicity by women um, by women's games. So much support for Wuban Moy. Um, Arsenal seem to get their injuries for both the women and men's teams at the wrong time, says Lynn. And Lynn, we're going to ask Rachel about the ACL stuff in just a second here. I want to read and get all these comments up for everyone who's coming to support our women's team in the post-game show. My mission on the Highbury squad is to get our post-game shows in live chat up to the hundreds and sometimes thousand that tune in after a men's game. So I appreciate each and every one of you and thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Lone Star, the largest ever crowd. Um, yep, very proud of that. Kwaibena, um, hell of a season by the women. We take it next season. Um, we'll get to your questions as well a bit later on. So proud of our girls. Amira says, Viv, Beth, Leah, Kim, Caitlin, and now Laura. Um, and let's see, you have to feel for Lottie, says Tammy across the pond. 
Big mistake at right back, but McCabe and Raffaello, oh my gosh, we're going to get to all of them in just a second. Zinsberger has to take responsibility as well. She put Wubben Moy in that situation. It's a very similar situation to what happened uh, with us and also Manchester United. We will get to that. Guns and Yellow Ribbons in the house. Thank you, boys. If you don't subscribe to their show, please go. It's one of the most authentic um, shows out there. Uh, these boys travel home and away to watch their Arsenal and they support the women's team as well. Gutted for the Arsenal women, but wow, 60,000 supporters getting behind the ladies. And Guna Works says Lottie had an absolute fantastic game up until that mistake, so gutted for her. Um, I agree. I thought that she had probably one of her best games in an Arsenal shirt. Rachel, let's talk about our goal and how things started off and Stina. Uh, a lot of fans are saying that maybe we lost the edge when Steena came off and we didn't have the penetration on the flanks because there wasn't that runner going down the middle. Um, her performance, and then if you agree or disagree on on the sub, maybe she was out of gas. Yeah, I was very confused at that sub. I thought like the first goal, you know, you could tell that she was bang up for the game, like aggressive front foot. Um, obviously, the second disallowed goal as well from the offside um like she's just so dynamic as you say like those runs in behind i i think there must have been another reason why he brought her off i was very confused and i think yeah we did lose a lot of um dynamism going forward when she came off personally yeah demian i know you're a fan and i know you know it took a while for her to kick in but my god she was on fire today and it felt like if we were gonna get anything out of this game um you know she was hunting and were you surprised that Jonas took her took her off? Yeah, I absolutely was. I mean, I I know and I I know enough to not doubt a coach and a manager. I don't. I'm not that uh, egotistical in in public. But uh, <laughs> but but I, I like like Rachel says. I was pretty surprised. I understood Laura coming off. I mean, coming in for Noel because of the yellow card. But I didn't really understand that, and it. Especially, you know, with Lena Hurtig coming in and she hadn't played in forever. And she, you know, even and I also I actually thought she had a, a pretty good game. But, uh, yeah, I would have liked to see Stina up front. But but like Rachel says, maybe there's something else. She might have been injured or, you know, exhausted or who knows. Um uh, but yeah, I was surprised. Oh, Stina just came off and confirmed that she was injured. She felt something in her ah, quad. Okay, that so that makes, that makes sense. A lot more sense. That <laughs> makes a lot more sense. Okay, uh, but did you? I mean, like for like, right, Rachel? In terms of the player that came on, would you have made that move uh, at that point in the game? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think your hands are tied at that point. Um, with you know the yellow card and what have you as well you don't want to take any risks like worst case scenario going down to 10 players still with extra time to go like it's just it's not worth the risk and obviously wine Royce is like a brilliant player as well has done done well when she's brought in again a player that took a while to settle in but um yeah now I just can't think but gutted for re-watching that replay of of her go down honestly it just makes my eyes well up because obviously I, I know right well, yeah, we're, so. yeah, it's uh, it, it we'll we'll get, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, mm. uh, I've also in my mind trying to justify how Steena's second goal was not offside. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, let's exactly. talk. Let's oh talk about God. this baller though. Yeah. Okay, I mean Steena oh. had a great game. She was lit, but I don't know who possessed Katie McCabe this eve. I, I mean, I think she's possessed every game, but. 
My goodness, Demian, your girl, you oh scream when she's not playing. It really <laughs> annoys you when Jonas doesn't pick her. What a uh, performance this evening. I, It's pretty par for the Katie McCabe chorus. That's what she does. That's what ballers do. That's what Irish women do. Uh, and <laughs> I, I'm... I'm not surprised. I, I, when I saw her play the other day, I was, her energy was unlike anything I've ever felt before. It was the most confident, determined, athletic display I have ever seen. And it was a friendly in St. Louis. Like it was absurd. And I'm just so proud of her. And, and, uh, I think she did amazingly well. And she does, if football was about deserving stuff, she would have, she deserved to to captain that side to a win at the Emirates, sixty thousand people, and I could have not think I couldn't think of a, a a person that deserves it more because of her display, her dynamism, her athleticism, her determination, all that, and I just love her. I love her very much, and I'm just so proud of her. Um, Rachel, what do you think? I mean, she's just a hero to Arsenal fans, and of course, she's a hero to in international fans as well. She was absolutely brilliant, as our chief like officer, Tammy Steele, says. Talk to us a little bit about Katie McCabe as a player and um, and yeah. what you thought of her performance and her overall. Yeah, I couldn't agree with Damien Moore. She's just wicked, isn't she? Like, I just love it when you see players that just wear their heart on their sleeve like she's so passionate like every 50 50 challenge she's sliding in there like pressing from the front um just like riling the team up it's just unbelievable like she's such a good leader and i think especially as another player on that on the pitch if you're sort of having a bit of a nervy start and then you see katie mccabe in the start like hunting down the keeper like pressing her then you're all like okay yeah we can do this let's go let's go and it's like infectious in the team um, so she just brings so much more even than just her footballing ability. It's like her character, everything around it. Like I would love to play with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's really incredible. And um, I feel like, you know, this game, I don't, a little bit like the Manchester City game and our Arsenal men guys, right? Sometimes you come up against a team. In, in the case of our men, they just came up against boys that night. They came up against like men, warriors. I mean, they just were absolutely made to feel so humbled beyond it was it was crazy wolfsburg a juggernaut of you know women's european football and they're just yeah. a brilliant team probably one of the best players in the world up front i mean you, you they to to go toe to toe with them like we did tonight without Miedemar, without williamson without mead you know um without those players demian especially the respect all the respect to wolfsburg it was a fantastic game of football but we matched them and I felt like we did, I can't sit here, other than the mistake at the end, which was horrific. I mean, in the, in my mind, I felt like, oh my God, it's like a Rob Holding moment. What are you thinking? But at the same time, everyone's blaming Rob Holding and it's really unfair because collectively as a group and as a team, you know, we've got to stick together. And I just thought it was such a perfect game. But that we matched them. I don't think they could have done anything else to win the game. I thought they put everything into this. Yeah, I completely 100% agree. I think the 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 how you frame it as being so even, that's what I felt too. And it just it was to me it was always going to be a mistake by us rather than mm -hmm. another like amazing goal by them. And I love Dominic Janssen and I love Jill Roard. They're two other players that made me 
start watching women's football in 2017. And... I have a special place for them as former Arsenal players and obviously Dutch players. And I thought that they both played pretty damn well and they were really solid. And if we could have kept them quiet in their own way, we would have been okay. Uh, and obviously Jill scored that goal. And I thought Dom had a great game at the back for the most part. Um, but a mistake, just a lapse of mental, you know, it's just so easy when you're sitting in your bed in Los Angeles, watching TV, scratching your belly, drinking a smoothie, like, oh, glad come you on, said La belly, Jesus. Like, yeah. I'm glad you said belly right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, belly. Um, it's just unfair to say anything, you know, yeah. anything in else. this case, in this case, because we, you know, in this case today, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to go soft because we criticize when it's due. Sorry, Rachel, we do. That's what we do on the YouTube channel. Oh, um, we're very friendly hi. here, though. Yeah. Oh, and very by the way, can, can I say something really quick? Uh, Sophie, when you and I started having these conversations about the mm -hmm. women's game, maybe four people would comment. Yeah. And they would we all say, four like, people oh, in chat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I should watch this. Or oh, I should really, oh, I can't get into the women's game for whatever reason. And now look at this chat. Look at all these people. So I know, really... got, I'm trying to keep up with the comments and the questions, and I love it. It's and it's just beautiful. going to continue to grow. Here's a comment from Jill. You. Mm. Credit to Arsenal. They've been through a lot as a team, but they made it super hard at the end. They could have won. We could have won. We were the lucky ones. And sometimes that happens in football, doesn't it, Rachel? Luck plays a huge part. It does. It does. You can't overlook it. Like Katie McCabe's cross slash shot that hits the bar at the end, like a moment <sighs> like that, if it just dips like an inch lower. Do you know what I mean? There's such fine margins and luck is a part of it. Like that offside was so close as well for our disallowed goal like luck does play a big part in it as you say it was such an even game um you can't knock them for um everything they put into it yeah, yeah it's, totally. it's more frustrating when you talk about it <laughs> i know right okay so before we get to some questions for you both i want you to i want you to talk about anything that you observed in the match demian you first um was it frida I mean, she just keeps growing and growing into every single game. Was there an, I mean, you know, um, our Brazilian superstar and Copa America winning captain at the back, just unbelievable. I love her. I think she's my favorite player now. But give me a quick summary of who you felt also, Sean, because obviously Katie and Steena are going to steal the headlines. Uh, I mean, not to be super sort of romantic about it, but to watch Jen Beattie score a header oh, yeah. at the Emirates, 60,000 people, basically the fans' favorite player, most beloved player for on and off the pitch reasons. To me, to me, that is validation that she should be playing when Wubamoy is playing, right? That's how I can sort of summarize it. I always think that she should be playing ahead of Wubamoy. Um, and... I don't know what else she has to prove. And uh, I would have loved to see her on other matches where there were mistakes made by other players. And that's sort of what I rescue is I wanted to see if she if, if we could justify her signing for another year or having her for another year. And I think we need her and I would love to see her. So that's kind of what I rescue about her. I am not a Victoria Pelova fan. Uh, I'm I understand that players can have good games and how people can change their opinion. But I always feel like there's something, it's like Shaka, 
you know, I understand that he's changed a lot. He's doing better, but there's always this thing like happened at Liverpool that there's something that I'm going to be uneasy about. And sometimes you gel with players. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes they're in your team. Sometimes they're not. And that's what happens. So I rescue Jen Beattie uh, and I rescue, obviously, uh, what Katie McCabe has done. And I have to say that Noel Maritz has just re been reborn since since she started being benched by by Jonas for for Laura so I'm really impressed by her and I do know or it's not that I know I have heard that the reason why Katie was being benched or was benched for a month or so give or take was because of some sort of chest infection or she she had a some sort of like cold or something like that so it wasn't only footballing reasons which got me really mad <laughs> and vocal about it uh but but i think that's what happened so um I, jen is the the first and last person that sort of comes to okay. my okay i like that i wasn't expecting that but i like it but also def definitely a moment of choking up tears for me and a lot of arsenal fans to see her do that well said demian what about for you rachel if, same question yeah i think rafael as you say is just so composed like modern center back in and out of possession um just so cool um composed on the ball and yeah I think especially without having uh Williamson in there she just keeps that like stability um and composure and yeah I would agree Marnham I think that piece at the end where she had like two players around her and mm. she managed to sort of muscle and hold them off like I think just little snippets like that you just take like as a player you just think eliminate like that is so much more difficult than you think it requires like so much strength balance to get away from it and like you say I think she's like built and grown and grown and obviously had to take a lot more on her shoulders with likes of me tomorrow and what have you being out and like has really stepped up so yeah no I'm really pleased for her love that and Lone Star is our media correspondent this evening all the way from Texas as well I love it I know we can do this next season and keep going in the league a nice uh, uh, quote from Steena there. Before I get to some questions for you guys and get you out of here, um, Rachel, there's a lot of questions. I'm going to summarize it for everybody about the ACL, uh, yeah. MCL injuries in women's football. Tim Stillman did a really good article about it um, as well for Ask Blog, which I encourage everybody to go and read. Rachel, talk to us as a player. Um, and what's going on behind the scenes in terms of, you know, uh, your peers and conversations? Um, let us know because our fans really are concerned about it. And it's probably the number one question for you this evening. Yeah, definitely. I think as players now, the conversation is not, or oh, if you do your ACL, it's kind of like, when am I going to do it? There's been so many in the past couple of years, particularly this season, where it is on players' minds and we're having conversations about it and players are fearful about it happening. Um, obviously, I did mine the January before last, um, just in training, non-contact, planted my left foot and my knee just collapsed from beneath me. And I was just like, I don't understand how this has happened. And that was at Charlton and after I'd done it, there's then been five at the club. Um, so I think it's difficult certain clubs obviously like Arsenal now has been a bit of a domino of several happening and obviously hopefully not but looking back at um Vine Waters one tonight when they showed it on the replay it looks like it probably most likely will be and yeah you just like I said earlier like your eyes just water with it because you know what's coming for them um mm. I think the problem is you know unlike other injuries it's such a long in injury nine months minimum 
the surgery, like for clubs, not as much of an issue for Arsenal, but say for us in the championship at Charlton and things like that, you know, the surgery is like 10 grand in itself. You're having a couple of them a year, like it builds up and yeah, it's just so difficult. And I think the frustration for us as players is that we feel like there's nowhere near enough research going into it and preventative measures being taken. Um, and there's obviously conversations about um, boots being built differently for men and women and what have you. And obviously some of the causes are that our hips are wider than our knees, which puts force at different angles onto our bodies. But, you know, I do appreciate that the women's game has grown rapidly um, and we've not had as much of a chance to see women's football go full time and do the research along the way. All of the research up till now has been based on male athletes, which is like completely irrelevant to us in terms of this. So I think although it's horrific that players like Leah Williamson are going through this, with there being such high profile players, hopefully it initiates more and more funding into research and preventative measures. And that's what we want to see really. Wow, what a wonderfully articulate answer, and thanks, thanks so much. And now I, I, I wanted to put this up from uh, the Guns and Yellow Ribbons guys because Theo Walcott talked about this, and we know physically we're as women we're different, we handle things differently, our body reacts differently to things. You, you put it eloquently. Um, is there what about the hard surface and and the pitches and and that you know um, in terms of what uh, Guns here are asking, Rachel? Yeah, I think. I think it's really difficult. I think from our experience, the players we've seen, it's been on all different surfaces. So I think like when I looked at the several injuries we've had at Charlton, some were on the grass training pitch, some were at the men's stadium at the Valley, some were at the horrific women's home pitch, um, all that are really different surfaces. And a lot of teams in the championship are playing on like the 4G on like artificial turf, um, which you would think would be worse. But a lot of these ACLs are happening on grass. So it's not mm. just that. So is a whole range of surfaces. So I don't think it's necessarily that. Um, right. I think it was more about the female physiology and what have you. And I think because we've now playing, like you've seen tonight, like that competitive, like intensity that the game has now jumped to. Are we? I don't know if we have the right measures in place. Um, we haven't caught up with that yet. Um, right. like I know one of the things is women naturally have... Um, like more weight propensity at like the front of your body than the back um so like generally have larger quads than hamstrings for example that's just like naturally female body and when you're running your hamstrings are like your brakes which prevent you from basically rupturing your acl um mm. so things like that naturally that have a larger propensity for it to happen um so it needs to be built into sort of like snc programs and stuff but yeah basically we just don't have enough research done yet yeah, and um, and the injury tonight, as a few have said, happened on a superb turf at the Emirates. Um, that exactly. is probably one of the best in the league. Yeah. And MK in the house from Arsenal, Los Angeles. Um, thanks for joining us, MK. It takes our muscles longer to recover as well. Uh, yeah, and I think we're going to... The menstrual, like yeah, the menstrual cycle also uh, um, makes the body... Um, more sensitive uh, to a lot of different things. We're going to keep talking about this and um, we're going to keep bringing attention to it and we're going to help as much as we can raise awareness. And Rachel said something really poignant that I didn't even think of. When you talked about clubs that don't have as much money as Arsenal and how much it costs for surgery and the investment and stuff, I mean, that's huge. Uh, and so, yeah, the women's game is catching up and 
looking after our players is the, mo the most important thing we have to do. And um, thank you for sharing that with us uh, for sure. And yeah, very good answer. In the men's games, it's hamstrings. So um, yes. yeah, they've got they've got the funds and the limitless bottom bottomless pits, Demsec, to deal with it. Let's get back to the questions real quick. Demian, did you want a quick comment on this or are you good to go? No, I just want to say, bring up a point that she mentioned, Rachel mentioned about the mental part. That is so worrisome and so scary. And I feel for them because it's like, it's like when you skateboard, you cannot be scared of a trick. You have to commit all the time. Otherwise, that's when you get injured. Your body and your brain kind of activate and, and, and you might fall and you might hurt yourself, but it's not as bad as if you're scared and non-committed. Uh, and that happens to me when I when I recover from my injury playing football the other day. I came in kind of half, you know, like really worried that I didn't want to get injured and I got injured again. So you have to commit. And if that's on your mind and adding the financial burden of that, because one thing is for you to, you know, uh, I don't want to get injured. It's my career. But then it's like it's my career and I have to fork out 10 grand maybe out of my own pocket, depending on the level that you are in, that your club's not a uh, cover for you. That can be a lot of debt for players that barely make any money as it is. So it it's a lot. Whereas you would never worry if a player for happened in the Arsenal Academy, let alone a, a first team player, you know, so that's so scary to me. Yeah. Okay. Let's get some questions. Quick fight. Rachel, I promised you, like, I'll get you out of here, but I promise we'll do questions. Are you good for another eight minutes? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about the manager a little bit because a lot of questions coming in for him. I don't know what your take is on Jonas. I know Demian throughout the season has questioned some of his substitutions um, and even his starting 11s. Um, Demsek wants to know what happens to Jonas after the game this season. Uh, I, I think a little like Arteta, he'll be given more time and uh what's your take Rachel do you are you happy with the job he's doing yeah I think giving him more time like you say I think you've got to take everything into context with injuries and things like that like still getting to the semi-final of Champions League is is unbelievable and yeah I think obviously the modern era of so quick to get rid of managers and I think what we've proven on the men's side with Arteta and sticking with it and giving them time to make a real impact is more beneficial. So yeah, I would, I would imagine they keep in and he would want to stay. Cool. Demian, um, I'm going to mix these two for you. One from Lynn asking if Jonas made similar mistakes to Arteta. We touched on the subs at the very beginning, but um, Amira also says the subs didn't make sense. The only thing you can think of Steen was injured, which we know, but overall, um, are you, are you happier with Jonas towards the end of this season? Yes, I'm, I'm happier with him, and I think the hindsight is always 2020. Had Lena Hurtig scored that one touch, we would have been saying how brilliant of a sub that was, and he was right. But she didn't, and that's okay. So I am full on on the Jonas train. I believe in him. I'm willing to give him as long as he needs, and unfairly, next season cannot and will not be a season like he would have liked because he has five players out indefinitely, and it's just going to have to... He's going to have to buy a bunch of new players. Maybe he didn't have Palova or Wuben Moy as his first team starters. And now it might have to be a thing where he's forced to do it. So who knows? But time will tell and I'm willing to give it to him. All right, cool. Here's one for Rachel because she plays week in, week out. Can we discuss the standard of refereeing in the women's game, even at the last minute, given a goal kick on the most obvious corner? This can't, But it was an offside. That's why they didn't give the corner, to be fair, R. Uh, this can't go on. The players deserve much better than these refs. I actually appreciated the referee this evening a little bit and felt she went to the monitor 
made good yep. decisions and let the game flow, even though it was very physical at times. Rachel, um, your take overall on refereeing in the women's game and, and the game tonight. Tonight, I agree with you. I thought they were actually all right. I was going to lose my mind when she went over to the monitor if she gave that as a handball because I was thinking, oh, oh, my. oh my God, yeah. I, I honestly would have lost my head. So thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> she backed herself enough to watch it and make the right decision. So, yeah, I think tonight they were, um, they did well. Generally, I think there is a lot of ground to make up on the refereeing. Obviously, I'm in the championship, but um, we have a lot of similar refs in the WSL and the championship and um there is catching up to do and it is very very frustrating um obviously most of the time we don't have var um in the domestic leagues um and yeah it is a constant frustration and it does need improvement um but i appreciate it's taking time with you know them becoming more full-time the referees in the leagues and stuff um but yeah i won't say too much more i'll get myself in trouble <laughs> <laughs> well Ra rachel it's usually the listeners that get the reds and the yellows here so yeah do be careful because you don't want to get yeah. sent off on your debut do you although you've lasted 40 minutes so you're good you're good you're good just a few more for the guys here um demian i'm gonna let you take this one everyone asking about um leah um walty and uh if she's going to sign a new contract, no running power in her legs, holding the club to ransom, says Dave Jordan. I won't what? lose sleep if she goes. Hey, I put up okay. the good, bad, and the sometimes ugly questions, but I think it's fair. I'll tell you why I'm not going to lose sleep over this sleep over <laughs> this comment. Uh, I have no idea if she's going to sign. I don't think anybody does except people at the club. I feel that she's the barometer of the club how she's playing, the whole team plays, more than Katie and other plays just because of her position. So I'm hoping that she will stay, especially after the injuries we've had with Kim and Leah. If Leah at some point was going to move to the middle of the park and Wubin Moy take her, that place with Hafa and stuff. So I'm hopeful that she'll stay. But if we can recover for, from Daniela van der Donk leaving, I can the whole club can leave and I'll still love that damn squad. So. <laughs> oh man, yeah. your love for her is just, you know, I'm going to put this one up for Rachel before um, Fergus uh, ducks out here because it's a good one. Uh, and then a final comment as well from a fellow podcaster with record attendance and the growing popularity in the WSL. When will the salaries catch up? Will the WSL let them get out of hand uh, like the men's game or will they cap the wages? And just before you answer that, Rach, a uh, final point from him. I think it's great. The overlapping comparison from women's game to men's game shows it's finally been taken seriously. Well done, Highbury Squad, other podcasts and media outlets. Absolutely 100%. All right, let's get back to this one, Rach. When are, when's the big money coming in? Because I give the comparison. I loved watching Division 1, 2, 3, 4 when I was younger growing up. Premier League kicks in in 92, becomes the most powerful um, league in the world. Why? Because of sponsorship, money and investment. I feel the same thing over the last years happened in the WSL. You've got the TV deal now. You've got more sponsorship going in. Hopefully that will mean more money in the club's hands and for the players. What do you guys talk about behind the scenes on this subject? You have yeah, to tell I me think... all the secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great question. And it was actually something that was going through my mind watching it tonight thinking, um, the you know the rationale has always been well the women's team like you don't bring in any money so you can't be expected to pay huge salaries because where's the money coming from which is horrendous but to you understand it right you've got to bring money in. and then now when you see those attendances you're thinking wow like what amount of revenue was generated tonight at that game um and is that 
getting filtered through to the players. Obviously, the the problem is at the moment that the week in, week out attendances aren't amazing. You know, like still playing at Boreham Wood, for example, and places like that. Um, like the crowds aren't as big, so you're not getting that regular amount. So I think what will really help us if we can get to a place where all the either Arsenal women have like their own stadium that's of that size, but obviously what mm. would make more sense is to have more games at the Emirates and to be putting the marketing into it. And that's what getting the crowds there. Like when I was going around in the tube, like I saw the advertisements for this game, um, mm. but then they don't do that for the regular home games. So then it's like, oh, that's well, you great can't be, point. be there if people don't know. It does my head in then. Um, so yeah, I think if we can do that more regularly, then um, the club will be in a position where it will have more regular income to then be able to give it to players. Um, but yeah, I think we're, you know, we're, it looks great on the outside um, for mm. players at the moment, like the England players and those playing at the top clubs in the WSL. So people think, oh, women's footballers now, they must be making good money and sponsorships and what, like, we're absolutely not. <laughs> And like the bottom half of the WSL and the championship, like we're on very, very modest salaries um, and we love the game and we'll do it regardless. But yeah, I think there's a push now that we, we do need to be seeing better, better salaries. Yeah, well, you deserve it. And this is, listen, I've been covering the US women's national team for years. And I remember when I first did in 2011, um, there were probably, even for the US women's national team who were trailblazing groundbreaking players from the 99ers onwards, there was still lack of media interest. I remember four or five people being on the sideline when I first covered them and I could just chat with Megan Rapino and chew grass with her all day long. Now you can barely get, uh, you know, into to, to be considered for an interview with her. And I love that in some ways, uh, I do miss that direct contact, however, this is where everyone's striving to be, right? And they've been trailblazers and led the way. And they made a lot of their money off off the pitch in sponsorships, not their salaries and stuff. And so, yeah, I, I hope that continues to evolve and change and the opportunities come uh, for women everywhere. Rachel, yeah. I think you've smashed your debut on the Highbury squad. Demian, what do you... I, I mean, she's get, I mean, she gets um, come on. she gets POTM tonight, player yeah. of the match. Oh. Yeah. I mean, we had Kevin, we have Kevin Campbell's son make his debut last week, and he smashed it. And I'm oh, just God. saying, the new squad that's coming together here at Highbury Central is uh, yes. fantastic. You absolutely have been brilliant. Do you oh, promise you. to come back? Of course I will. Okay. <laughs> like regularly. That's, on <laughs> That's amazing. You know, before we it. go real quick, I wanted to share something because Demian and I actually hung out on Saturday night with MK from Arsenal Los Angeles. We, did. Uh, we went to the Interpride 40th Gala event. Um, the, uh, the, the people I work with, our team, um, would be, we're being honoured and we walked away with the Champion Award for um, Interpride's 40th gala event. And let me tell you something, I was really super, super proud uh, to be part of this event. Wow. And as you know, on our show, we're unafraid to talk about everything and anything. And we support support everyone and everyone, no matter where in this world they come from, who they love. You know, seeing our Arsenal Women Supporters group out in force tonight as well. You know, the sold out stuff, just the vibe that we have on our show and the fact that we're all inclusive here. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Demian for coming and supporting us oh, on you. Saturday night. And I knew Rachel would enjoy seeing that little nugget as well. Thank that. you for having me. That. It was beautiful. Congrats. 
Brilliant stuff. Well, listen, um, we are going to be back live now because the game, I know. Hold on one second. Rachel, has anyone told you that you look like um, our captain, Fantastic? Uh, well, England's captain, Fantastic. And of course, wow. you know, Liz, have, have you, do you get that often? That was the first time I've ever had that, honestly. <laughs> really? I think yeah. you look just like I her. I agree. I think she 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 has some yeah. Williamson vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the you that's, got the vibes. That's the biggest yeah. compliment you can get. So I'll take that. <laughs> You're also you know getting what? a, a lot of love Leah Williamson has Rachel vibes. How about yeah, that? Yeah, there you go. Leah yeah. Williamson has Rachel vibes. I, I love that it. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting a lot of love uh, from the group in the in the live chat as well. Rocking your debut wow. uh, for sure. So you know, thank you again and. Because the game went on, and tonight is all about our women, okay? Tomorrow our men have a massive, massive game against Chelsea. Unfortunately, we can't do the second part of the double bill now because Kevin is working the Everton game. And so we're going to go live after Arsenal-Chelsea tomorrow night. Myself, Super Kev, and joining us is Warren Barton. Um, we're going to be previewing Newcastle as well. So it's going to be a little bit of a mixed show post-game, um, following hopefully a win at the Emirates and previewing Newcastle United with ex-Newcastle or Newcastle icon Warren Barton. You won't want to miss that. Uh, Junior Campbell is back with me on Thursday as well. There'll be a lot of other top shows coming at you this week. Rachel, let everyone know where they can find you. Oh, um. I mainly use Instagram, to be fair, at Rachel Newborough. Nice and easy. <laughs> okay, so I got your handle right this whole time I put it up. Is it correct? No, that's, that's your Twitter that's account. Handle. Okay, yeah, that's all right. I don't really use it too much. But. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll correct it in all of our um, bits and bobs. Oh, uh, no problem. And you know where to find Demian everywhere. Uh, and you'll see Demian on with me on the last show. I have a young woman who's going to be joining us on our other women's shows too, Liv, who I met at the Chicago Gooners event. I had her down to come in today, but unfortunately, because I had to change around the times, she couldn't join. So we're going to continue to give opportunities to all of our young listeners out there as well who love the women's game. As our chief like officer says, Tammy, hit the like button on the way out. Everton are losing. That's okay. They're going down. Let's be honest. <laughs> as long as Arsenal stay up and keep smashing it, that's all we care about. To our women, it wasn't meant to be tonight, but you've made us proud. Um, and it's moments like this that we wait for. This is the scenes around Europe. The game just continuing to grow and stadiums, you know, filling up. For them to play at the Emirates tonight was incredible. Um, thank you to my guests once again. And from us here at Squad Central, at ease, squaddies at ease. Don't forget to visit Zenith Coins and get your discount. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad.